0: Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge.
1: They are who we thought they were.
0: On Yahoo Sports Radio.
2: Our next guest needs no introduction. Ronnie Lott, not only is a Hall of Fame safety, he's a member of the Hall's 75th anniversary team. He's also a returning guest on the show, and he's here to talk to us about one of the new arrivals, Kenton. Ronnie, thanks for joining us. You're quite welcome. Ronnie, your former owner and someone you care deeply about, someone we know a lot about. We had him on the show last week, Eddie DeBartolo Jr. was elected to the Hall of Fame last week weekend his fourth try as a finalist. So who was happier, Eddie or the guys like you who played for him?
0: Well, I'll be the first one to tell you that if you think about happy and you think about that word there has been many moments in Eddie DeBarlow's life that he's been happy. Happy winning, happy buying the team, you know, at a very young age. Happy winning, uh, you know, a Super Bowl, his first one. Happy winning then his fifth one. But happy, right now, you can't describe happy. And the reason why is that it's for life. It's for eternity that he is part of a great community, a great community. And I had the good fortune of being able to go in with Mr. Rooney. And Mr. Rooney and all the things that he stands for, all the things that they've done for football, all the things that allow them to be champions, the Steelers. And here we are with Mr. DeBarlow. All the same kind of ingredients, all the same type of things. And, yes, he is very, very happy. And we're all very, very happy
1: for him. Ronnie, you know, it's unusual to have uh, so many former players, you know, rally so forcefully around their former boss, owner, however you want to categorize them. Um, And you've worked at other places. What do you think it is uh, about the relationship between you guys and and Eddie D that is so deep and so clearly different than most owner-player relationships?
0: Because he felt like we felt. He understood how we felt. He played like we played. He gave everything he possibly could give to us, allowing us to be able to understand that, hey, man, I'm, I'm in it just like you guys. I'm vested in this deal. I'm invested in your families. I'm vested into the people in the in, in, in our community. I'm vested into the people in the company. And so when you think about that, he has the same attitude that we've had, and that is, hey, man, at all costs, let's get this thing done let's be champions and to be a champion as we saw this past weekend you gotta earn it there's no easy route everybody thought and including myself said you know the Panthers were gonna win it and Denver had a whole different idea a whole different thought and John Elway got that group as a collective to buy into it he got everybody all the administrative people everybody to say man we have to be a champion and they bought into it. So it's not just the team, it's the people that do all the stuff, that carry the towels, the you know, the owners. And he said this was for Pat. There are many times that we said this was for, for Eddie. And the reason we would say it is that he felt the same way that we felt when it came to playing the game of football. Give your best every day.
1: You played for two iconic owners. Uh, One was a good friend of mine, Al Davis, and, of course, Eddie D. Uh, Different personalities, uh, different types of guys in some ways. How would you compare the two of them since you worked for both of them?
0: Yeah, the funny thing is that one guy was a coach. He was a coach. He entered into the game, understood the game, learned the game, knows a lot about the game, and will tell you that he was one of those guys that really mastered every aspect of the game. And that's Al Davis. On the other side, you have Eddie DeBarlo, who said, you know what, I'm coming in this game, and by the way, I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to find a great coach, and not only i going to find a great coach, but I'm going to find a way to enhance everything about the coach. I'm going to find a way to make him feel like he's the best coach ever. And I'm not only going to do that, but I'm going to do that with the players, I'm going to do it with their families. And so all of a sudden, you have two great leaders – that came at it from different perspectives that also saw themselves realizing that to win, you have to make sacrifices. Al Davis made incredible sacrifices, picking great players. You had Eddie, on the other hand, making incredible sacrifices, finding Bill Walsh, and then really lifting him up and elevating him to say, look, whatever you need, I'm willing to get you that. And if you need to be able to find those type of players like Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana and Roger Craig and the likes of others, man, I'm going to be able to help you get that done. And so to me, I think the combination of the two really had one thought in mind, and that was trying to be the best that they can be. Al was, he was maniacal about being the best that he could be. And Eddie DeBarlow, I think, learned that from Bill Walsh, learned that from just who he is of saying, I got to be maniacal about the quest of being the best.
2: We're speaking with Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott on the Talk of Fame Network. Ronnie, what's your favorite Eddie story? Maybe an anecdote that people don't know.
0: Well, my favorite Eddie story is the story that doesn't have anything to do, anything to do with football. It has everything to do with my mom and my dad. And the reason that it's my favorite story is that my mom and dad have gone to a lot of sporting events since I was 10 years old. But they have never been to a sporting event when a person says to them, you know what? I wanna make sure you're comfortable. I wanna make sure that the seat fits right. In in my neighborhood, you don't get that. You don't you don't get that type of feeling. You don't get people embracing you. You don't matter of fact, as we all know, people of color have always had people that have said, No, no, no. You can't have this, you can't have that. And yet Mr DeBarlo said, No, you're you're part of our family. Here are things. Here are some things that I want to make sure that you know that I appreciate your son. Here are things that I want you to know that when you come to the Super Bowl, this is how you're going to be treated. So when my mom and dad think of Mr. Barlow, I'm, I'm indebted to him because he lifted them up. He made them feel special. And it made them feel special when he didn't even have to. So that's why, that's one of my favorite stories. When somebody does something to your family and they don't have to do it, and yet they do it because that's just who they are, that's unbelievable.
1: You know him, Ronnie, as well as um, nearly anybody who worked for him. What do you ex- expect it's going to be like uh, for him when he's up there on, uh, on the podium and he's wearing that yellow jacket? Is he going to burst into tears? Is he going to hug everybody in the room? Is he going to do all those? What do you think will happen when the moment really comes?
0: Well, first of all, you know, anytime you put that yellow jacket on, it is dynamic, and the reason it's dynamic is, You've got to think of all the people who are able to put that jacket on. So think of Leo Namalini. Think of Hugh McElhaney. Think of Joe DeJet Perry. You think of those guys. and You think of what they – they didn't have anything. All they had was themselves. They didn't make any money. But, man, they played the game the right way. And so for him, he's got to embrace all the Niners, everybody that's come before him, and he's got to wear it proudly. And, and with that being said, that's a lot. <laughs> you, know, you, gotta, you know, so so as you're sitting there trying to get your words out, you're speaking for all the 49er Nation, all the guys that came before him. And, and of course, yeah, man, I, I have a funny feeling, man. He, he's going to shed a lot of tears because it also his dad, who is out, you know, with us, is going to be with us. His family who gave him the break, gave him the opportunity. They grew up right there. They're right from Youngstown. So, man, all those elements and all the people that saw him when he was a kid, they get to share in this. And and to me, man, he's going to be overwhelmed because it's right in his backyard.
2: Ronnie, we've got about 30 seconds, but I'll ask this stupid question. You going to be there in Canton this summer?
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm in the front row I'm in the front row front seat and by the way and I know this Marcus Allen man my buddies all the guys that play for him are going to be in the front row all these people that know him are going to be in the front row I'll tell you another great story Warren Moon and I it was my second or third year we're in Vegas we're going to see a fight we go and we sit down with Mr. DeBarlow Mr. Barlow sits there, and he goes, who's that? I go, that's Warren Moon. He goes, that's Warren Moon. He goes, hey, he throws him $10,000. Jeez. He goes, hey, Warren. And he goes, hey, man, I just really like the way you play.
2: Hey, Ronnie, thanks for the time, and thanks for the tip. I know who to go to if I need $10,000, either (laughs) Warren Moon or (laughs) Eddie (laughs) DeBarlow. Ronnie, we'll see you in Canton this summer. Thanks so much for calling. Thanks
1: a lot, Ronnie. All right,
2: thanks, guys. That was Hall of Fame safety Ronnie Lott. Coming up next, Ron with his gorgeous or Bogus segment. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.